All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with you, another edition, as always, and uh, a little a little short staff today. Uh, Jacob and Nathan couldn't do it, but we do have contributor Kyle Hundley here with us. He uh, he was with us for a podcast about Super Bowls of past, present, and future, and uh, he wrote an article about Hakeem Butler. Got some good content there, so he's back with us today just to kind of talk a little bit, just to kind of get the conversation flowing and keeping it moving. Uh, so. Kyle, how you doing? Pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, how do you feel about the offseason so far? Uh, it's been a while since we've talked about free agency and uh, the draft and everything, so we'll just kind of we'll just kind of go over it. I mean, how how are you feeling right now? Are you excited, jumping for joy, a little uh, a little hesitant? What's the what's the mood? Pretty decent so far. I mean, if I had to give it an overall grade, I'd probably say maybe a B, probably a solid B plus at best, but. I mean, I like the moves we made so far. The Landon Collins signing, going out and getting Case Keenum for the cheap. I mean, you look at what else is out there for quarterbacks. We weren't going to find anything out there for that value. So, be able to plug uh, two big holes there and free agency was pretty good, and uh, do it at the fairly cheap as well. That first year uh, on the Landon Collins deal, pretty cheap. So. I like the moves we did so far. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it was like $4 million, uh, for the first year. I mean, Eric Schaffer, that's some good work by him. And then Case Keenum, I mean, they, they cut that contract in half, got to $3 million. So that's cheap, man. I mean, he's – he's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rely on him as a starter, but he's put together some pretty competent years in the NFL to get him for $3 million when uh, competent quarterbacks are going for like $17 million, like Mike Glennon last year. It's like – I'd say that's a pretty good deal. So yeah, that, those are some good, uh, some good sensible signings. Uh, what, what's your favorite signing? Is Landon Collins the favorite? Because that that seems to be the consensus, especially now that he's got number twenty and not twenty one. Because I think twenty one would have gotten a little blowback. But is that your favorite signing right there? I think it is, and I think it would probably be most of the fellow fans as well. But I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty hyped when I saw that. You're jumping on the bandwagon. I am indeed. It's all good though. It's all good though. This is the, yeah, yeah. This is the time of the year for that. So yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a pretty, pretty uh, good haul. But uh, they didn't do a lot outside of that. I mean, they signed uh, Dominic Rogers Camardi, who uh, I think uh, a lot of people are really high on him, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's a backup. He's not even going to make the final roster. So I don't know what to think about that. He was, I think, he retired or something. So that that's interesting. And then they signed Eric Flowers. What do you think about Flowers? I don't think I got your opinion on that. I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to do. I mean, we, as you saw uh, during the season, uh, trying to look Austin Howard being a tackle and trying to slide him at, at guard, it's – it's two completely different positions. Granted, it's the line, but it is two completely different positions trying to switch from guard to tackle, yeah. tackle to guard. Yeah, and it's just like, I remember the Jay Gruden quote where it was like, uh, we want size from our guards and stuff. It's like, I don't know if putting a six seven tackle right in there and just saying, here, play guard. I don't know if that's feasible, but yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who thought Flowers was better as a guard coming out um, uh, in the draft back in 2015 so but it all depends on his desire I guess and you know whether he's willing to take what Bill Callahan is going to give him and uh I don't know we'll see I'm, I'm not willing to commit to him being a starting guard option yet or even a backup guard option really I mean I think he's got a long way to go to cement himself in DC but I, I agree with you that was an interesting signing uh I'm trying to think if they if they made any more um, I, I don't I don't think they did but 
Not off the top of my head, but another thing with Flowers, even if he doesn't start at the very least, he can provide some solid depth along the line, especially with the last couple of years with injuries. At the very least, we could definitely use that. So, Oh, yeah. I think that might be a little bit more of a low-key signing, nice low-key signing than people are giving him credit for. Yeah, yeah. It's a, He's got some upside. You know, he's a former first-round pick, so he's, he's going to have some upside. I don't think he's as athletically gifted as the first-round moniker would suggest but you're right it's a it's a pretty frugal pick, wasn't he like he had tremendous upside coming out i thought i think his combine performance kind of inflated people i think back it wasn't that long ago but people really like size and strength out of their tackles so and he he had like 37 bench reps and like he's six six so he's huge he's strong i think that might have inflated his value a little bit, but you know he, he he's good. He's a good athlete too. I think it's just the footwork, the hands need a lot of work. But I do think he does have some developmental upside that Callahan could harness. It's just a matter of uh, you know uh, how much time is he going to have, how how much effort is he going to invest in that time. I think uh, me personally, I don't know how you, I don't know how you feel about comp picks, but I was kind of bummed that we lost a sixth round comp pick for giving him four million, but. It, it's a sixth rounder, but um, it's just I I love hoarding picks. That's that's my deal. I don't know. Same as well. I'm all for trading down in the draft. So I mean, a sixth rounder. I'm all like if it would have been a third or a fourth, I'd been a little bit more bummed. But yeah, for a sixth, I'm I could have been a little bit more mad. But yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's a low risk signing. So I think a, a B. Maybe a B minus, I would say. I you, I feel like they could have done a little bit more, but uh, yeah, at the same time, cap space is tight. You know, they could have done some, could have done something with that uh, to free up a little more space. But uh, and you know, the roster, there's still some iffy contracts on there with the like uh, I know Vernon Davis. I know they cut Zach Brown and Stacey McGee, which that's a start. You know, so it, it, progress was made. You can't really debate that. But uh, how much progress and is it going to lead to anything? I guess. To figure that out, we're going to have to wait a few weeks. NFL draft is uh, late April. I don't know the exact date. I might Google it at some point here. Uh, but uh, it, it is coming up. And uh, that's probably the biggest event of the offseason, especially for Washington. Because they have, you know, stakes are high. Jay Gruden is coaching for his job. Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder, they need to win now. Their fan base is eroding. You know, a lot a lot on the table here, especially after two seven and nine seasons. So, Kyle, what are you what are you looking forward to most with this draft? Because I know fans, the anticipation is building. It's crazy, honestly. So, what's what's your what are your thoughts so far? You've had a little bit of time to kind of think about it. I'm just excited to see the influx of new talent that we're going to be adding to the roster through the draft. That's always the most exciting thing is seeing the the young guys fresh out of college getting their feet right under them in the draft and then going out and taking their talents to the next level, seeing who can compete and who can. Is there a favorite thing for you about draft season, like uh, evaluations or the, 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 the hype or the, the shining lights of the draft night? Or is, there, is it just the whole thing for you is kind of a, kind of a big deal? The whole thing for me, and at least for me personally, I always love listening to Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay go out one another. Because at least for me personally, that's <laughs> part of what makes the pre-draft process so exciting is just the, the dialogue that you can create amongst one another by having differentiating opinions on people, you know? Everything's not just, oh, this guy's going to go here, this guy's going to go here. It's nice to have different opinions on people and where people are going to go and whether people can play and who can and 
I think that's where genius and creative ideas come from is different opinions every now and then. Yeah, it's it's so subjective this time of year. And I, I love how you brought up the dialogue because it can get pretty uh, it can get pretty animated this time of year. But uh, it's 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 all fun, you know, uh, just kind of trying to see who's right. You know, you got to evaluate, you know, and to the best of your ability and put your evaluation out there and see how it stacks up. And uh, the, the dialogue is a huge part, but you got to make sure. Uh, you got to make sure that you're safe with that. You got to make sure you're smart, weighing different, weighing different factors and stuff, and making the right decisions in your evaluations. And I know me and Jacob talked a lot about that in our last podcast about uh, draft season pet peeves. If you guys want to check that out, you can go back and do that. But Kyle, uh, we we didn't have you on for that. Is there anything in particular that you kind of want to remind people during draft season? Because it's there's a lot of information out there. It's hard to sort it out, and uh, you know you, you want to make sure you're getting the most reliable information possible and you know we'll, we'll try and be good sources here but ultimately you can always improve your process is there is there something you had in mind in particular uh, that you feel should be put out there um just my biggest pet peeve going forward as we get into draft season is just fellow redskins fans taking shots at one another you know we're supposed to be the best fan base in the nfl and when you see the stuff on Twitter because one Redskins fan feels different about one player than one another does. Personal insults don't help, you know. I take tremendous pride in being able to tell people I like the Redskins. So when I see stuff like that, like that didn't that's uh, reflects poorly on all of us as a fan base when we do that stuff, you know. So it's the time of year to be positive, stay upbeat. Coming off two seven and nine seasons, we've got the fifteenth pick in the draft right now. Should be an exciting time, you know. Let's stay positive, stay upbeat, and uh, keep the insults down to a minimum or none at all. Exactly. Yeah. Keep it civilized. Keep it upbeat. And so, Kyle, how can we stay positive? I mean, we got the fifteenth pick, uh, which is you know, I don't think you get, I don't think you can really sugarcoat it. It's not a great spot to be in, especially if you need a quarterback. But uh, there are some silver linings. Uh, you know, a prospect could fall. That, that's kind of the area where they've fallen in the past two drafts where they've had really skilled prospects fall to their position. Jonathan Allen in 2017 and uh, 2018, they had Deron Payne. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of that limbo in between. But at the same time, you can get those top-tier prospects trickle down. So what – what makes you optimistic about that draft position? Are you looking at maybe a quarterback slipping? Are, are you looking at trading up for a quarterback, trading down for picks? Or are you looking at maybe a gem that could fall to your lap there? If there's there if there's a gem that falls to the lap at 15, I would hope it'd be Josh Allen. Really? If we stay at 15 and pick a quarterback, I'm with you. I'm pretty high on Drew Locke. I think he's got the potential. I don't want to trade up for him, but if – Somehow he does slip past Denver, and he is there at 15, and we do go quarterback, I would like Drew Locke. Otherwise, I'd probably go, if he is there, I don't know if he'll be there or not, because I've seen him going pretty high on some boards, and I talked about him before, but I really think Tyler Hawkinson can provide uh, what the offense needs. And people talk about uh, keeping a run-pass balance in the offense, and that's really where he can help, because, you know, when uh, Jeremy Sprinkle's out there on, people who know it's pretty out, not all the time, but most of the time it's probably going to be a run play. If Vernon Davis is out there or uh, Jordan Reed's out there, it's probably going to be a pass play. With Tyler Hawkinson out there, he can really provide that run-pass balance. So you mean, uh, if he's there at fifth. You mean TJ Hawkinson? Or TJ Hawkinson, yeah. 
But if he's there at 15 and we don't go quarterback, he would be my guy. And then round two is the add their playmaker as well, and that would be to go out and get Hakeem Butler, the one guy I wrote about in my piece, the Iowa State receiver. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of options. Hang on a second. I'm, I'm trying to see if his first name is actually Tyler. This is important stuff. Oh, no, it is Thomas. It is Thomas Hawkinson. All right, so Thomas Hawkinson is your pick at uh, 15. All right. But, um, okay, you talked about Hakeem Butler a little bit. What do you like about Butler? Because uh, I know you wrote a piece on him. That's one of the prospects that you know more about in depth. And uh, there's no guarantee he could be there in round two. But um, if he is, you know, it would be a really good value pick. I think I agree with you there. I think it could be a really good value pick. But go a little bit more uh, in depth for us. What What is it about Hakeem Butler that makes him a good fit for Washington? I just think he's so explosive on film, you know. He's a lot like Josh Doxson in the sense that he will drop an easy pass. It just really frustrates you. But you've seen some of the one-handed catches that he makes being 6'5", probably close to 6'6", with shoes on. I mean, he's an absolute mismatch for some of those smaller guys down in the red zone. And even on third downs, like with some of those back shoulder throws, being able to adjust to it. He can provide this offense with a big-time playmaker that they've really lacked this in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, he's a he's a big play threat, if there ever was one. I'll tell you, I think he averaged over 20 yards. He is a big dude to try and bring down. That's another thing, too, is after he does get the ball in his hands, trying to bring him down. You watch the Oklahoma highlights with him taking, like, four dudes to the house. Dude, he's a menace, honestly. Honestly, I, I, didn't, I haven't watched a ton of his tape, but... The stuff that I have watched, I, I can agree with you. He is a very skilled player, you know. And uh, you know, the route running could could use some some polish, but you know, with every prospect, you're gonna get that where he's not perfect. You gotta project it, and he moves so well for his size. And you know, I just I, I agree with you there. It's that's a really good value pick. So, but uh, ultimately, he could be gone in round one. It's just gonna be interesting to see. I had him mocked to the Seahawks at 21 in my latest mock draft a few weeks ago so but at the same time you know it seems like the rankings for receivers are pretty subjective uh this year you know a lot more subjective there's than a lot. yeah there's a lot of value going just round two in general for the yeah. receiver even if you don't want to go the hakeem butler out yeah for sure i know there's dk metcalf uh, he's my wide receiver one but i know some people who i respect have him as low as wide receiver four so that's you know, that's crazy right there. You, you don't normally see that. And then some people have Butler's wide receiver one. Some people have him outside their top five. Uh, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, uh, and Keel Harry, Marquise Brown. There's a there's a ton of names uh, in that kind of late round one, early round two range. And I feel like one of them could slip in round two. And so that's, that's important. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it's crazy, man. And that's not the only deep position, too. I mean, you got offensive guard. You got guys like Chris Lidstrom, Garrett Bradbury, Drew, Sam- Drew Samia, uh, Dalton Risner. There's a ton of guys. And it's. I feel like this draft aligns pretty well with Washington's needs. So it's just a matter of uh, are you going to sell out for a quarterback and restrict your ability to fill your needs? Or are you going to stock up on talent and kind of wait a little bit and kind of wait till the time is right to uh, get that quarterback? But there is ultimately a loophole there. Um, well, it could be a loophole there. We don't know for sure yet. A lot of speculation. Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick because uh, this is this has been a very uh, interesting tidbit on the you know, over the course of the offseason. Arizona Cardinals' Josh Rosen um, 
is potentially going to be traded from Arizona. It depends on whether they draft Kyle or Murray. But if they draft Murray number one overall, Rosen's on the trade block. Redskins are a suitor. How do you feel about that? I'd be in on him. If we, as I said before, if we go the route that I want to go and we take TJ Hawkinson at 15 and Hakeem Butler is theirs at, in the second round for us, let's go out and actually probably have to trade that second rounder for him. But let's go out and get some playmakers for Josh Rosen and let's go out and get him. Because mm-hmm. I think the situation that he was in in Arizona, like I try and picture other quarterbacks in Arizona and ask, I ask myself, how many games would Drew Brees have won last year in Arizona? How many games would Tom Brady have won in Arizona? Aaron Rodgers, how many games would he have won in Arizona last year with that line? Yeah, or even better, another rookie like Baker Mayfield, because we know Mayfield struggled uh, with Hugh Jackson as his coach, and then once uh, Freddie Kitchens came into the fold uh, and got more say, you know, he was lights out. You know, the coaching can be such a big impact, and you know, uh, Josh Rosen for half of his season had Mike McCoy as his offensive coordinator. I mean, I don't need to go into depth about how bad that is. That's pretty bad. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So it's just like the context is so big for, a, especially for a rookie quarterback. You know, who's just learning and just getting to the change of pace in the NFL. And you know, they fired. That's the thing. They, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's twenty. I think he's twenty-two years old. So that's like. That's crazy, you know, and he's got three years left on his rookie deal value. I mean, yeah, dude, it's just, it's crazy to me and how, how people can write him off after one year. You know, I, I can see how you'd be doubtful. You know, I, I can see reason for you to be doubtful, you know, because there is a track record of some, some quarterbacks who were bad the rookie year end up being bad for the rest of their career. But some also uh, find some rejuvenation, you know, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Alex Smith. There's a lot of guys who carve out really good careers uh, after the, a bad rookie year. It's just it's all a matter of the context, and you know uh, that. But that ties into another thing that we can talk about: uh, the Redskins. Is their supporting cast? Do you think is it good enough for Rosen? Currently, not at the moment. I mean, we have some pieces in place, just not enough of them to be a legitimate team at the moment right now. We have a couple of few, or we have a few nice pieces along the offensive line, a nice tight end, uh, what could potentially be a nice running back, and guys, depending on how he comes back. I think AP still got some left in the tank. He's one of those rare broods of an athlete that can play into his later years. And then, I mean, our receiver group is probably the worst in the league, being brutally honest. It's up so, there. You're down there. <laughs> And he's going to have to be throwing balls to Josh Doxson again. I mean, I think Josh Doxson's going to be a bust, but I could be wrong. He's still pretty young, too. Receivers yeah. do show some later on in their career, but yeah. up to this stage, I've not been impressed by him. Yeah, I, um, I, I like to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because I know he was a good athlete coming out, and they didn't really have a development plan for him. You know, they, they didn't really – and the injuries hurt, too. And when he came back from the injuries, they weren't really – accommodating for him uh but and I, I did think he showed growth uh in situations last year you know uh, i know over half of his catches went for th- first downs or something so he came up clutch on a few third on quite a few third downs but at the same time there's a certain expectation when you're a first round pick and Doxon has not amounted to that so i would agree with you there 
And, uh, you know, Doxon is not going to make a good receiving core for Rosen. Although I do think uh, I, I'm doing some film study on Rosen. The article will be out. Uh, well, by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be out already. But uh, it's uh, a film review on Rosen because I know some of you guys asked for that. Um, he One thing about Rosen, Kyle, is that one thing I really like about him. He, he, he takes risks, but... He's not afraid to give uh, receivers contested opportunities. And I feel like that's where Doxon thrives. So that's something to think about. If it were to happen, it's a big if. And uh, we don't even know if Rosen's available at this point. And even if he is, we don't know if the Redskins are willing to trade for him. And it could ultimately be a first-round pick. So it's a lot of ifs. But as long as it's possible, you can't really rule it out in the offseason. And that's, that's just a connection for me. I feel like it has some potential, just not thinking about it. But at the same time, you're going to have to add some weapons because, you know, as much as I love Trey Quinn, uh, he's not, uh, I wouldn't say he's a sure thing quite yet in the slot. So I don't know. How do you feel about those other complimentary options at the wide receiver position? Is there anyone that you're kind of high on, kind of waiting in the depths? I know some people are high on Cam Sims. I know Robert Davis, he, he was lost to an injury last year. I know some people are high on him. It's dangerous to assume that any of them will be, uh, key contributors, but is there someone that you're high on that people might be sleeping on? I thought Cam Sims looked really good in the preseason last year before he went down, and he was kind of one of those bigger, kind of like Hakeem Butler, one of those bigger body guys that makes a nice living off some 50-50 balls, but if he can stay healthy and get on the field this year, I, if we don't go receiver, I think he could be the guy that we're missing if he can just get on the field and have a nice second-year breakout. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to complain anything, but I, I do agree that he did flash, you know, and uh, he he's big, he's like six five, right? He's he's huge. He's got a big frame. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's got potential, you know. And he, if I remember right, he ran some rounds pretty well, you know. Alabama guy, so sometimes top talent or higher level talents are gonna get buried a little bit on depth charts in Alabama, so. You know, he, he could be a hidden gem that we've stumbled upon. You know, he could also be a guy who's going to be released in final cuts. I don't know. We'll see. But he's a guy where you ultimately want to give him the opportunity because he showed enough potential last year going up for jump balls, like you said. So I definitely agree with that. Is there someone – we're on the theme. We'll just keep it going uh, real quick. Defense, is there a guy that you think people are sleeping on on defense? Put me on the spot. I think Ryan Anderson, if he can fill the void that uh, Preston Smith left and have – like he was a top 50 pick, 49th overall a few years ago. Like he's got the talent to break out. He's just – I feel like he's just got to have the right opportunity. And with Preston Smith gone, this could be it for him this year. Yeah, that's – um, yeah, I think that's a popular one for sure. Or not necessarily a popular one, but kind of a guy who you could say is primed to – primed for a bigger role. But that depends. A real big, yeah, I dug deep for that one. <laughs> who do you have? Who do I have? Um, shoot, if I had to pick on offense, I would say if we're going deep sleepers, probably Cam Sims again. Uh, although I think tight end, I think Matt Flanagan was catching some traction. So that's a really deep one, though. You gotta you gotta go under the bushes for that one. And then uh, on defense, if I had to pick a guy on defense. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, is that deep enough? 
that that's very deep indeed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's I, plenty deep. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm a. I'll tell you what. I'm a big fan of Sean Dion. I think, you know, uh, sixth rounder last year, but a lot of that was due to injury concerns because he had two consecutive knee injuries in college, and that's obviously a problem that could hinder him long term. But, uh, you know, limited action last year. He started four games. Uh, he played in all sixteen games. And he, we never once heard a whisper of injury concerns from him. So I, I'd like to see what he can do with a full offseason to kind of get himself in shape, kind of stay in shape, and maybe take a starting role. I don't know. I know he, in Alabama, he was the guy. Uh, he was the kind of the quarterback of the defense, kind of the, the middle linebacker calling the signals, you know, kind of getting guys in order. And I know he has the speed. You know, he's not like lightning fast, but he's fast enough and he's, you know, I think I think he could be good if you just give him some time. And uh, with young guys in this league, that's always you got to give them time. I feel like to develop. And for me, um, you know, I studied Devin Bush recently. Huge fan of Bush. I I really loved his tape. He was he was lightning fast. I'll tell you what. He had a turbo button. That was what I wrote, dude. I was I was excited. He was one of the one of the few prospects in this draft that maybe made me go wow when I was watching him. But um, at the same time, I think. Uh, let's say a, a really good prospect drops at 15. Uh, I'd rather bank on Sean Dion and get that prospect than sack the linebacking core. That's just me, though. I mean, I really like Sean Dion. So we're almost out of time here. Uh, we got some pretty good, some well-rounded content. Kyle, uh, the draft is coming up, so let's get one more note on that. Uh, what? Just give us give us something, some parting words to kind of you know, something to look forward to for the draft season. Uh, what, and maybe some warning words. Is there something that you don't think they should do? Something they should kind of try to avoid? Just general thoughts. Close it out. You know, what do we? What should we expect this draft season? One thing I hope we avoid doing, and this is just my personal opinion, is trading up. There's one thing I do not want to do in the draft. It's trade up. I am all for trading back and acquiring picks, but that is just personally me. You just uh. Are you worried about a player that they might not they, that they might they shouldn't get but they will get, or are you just worried about losing picks? I'm worried about us because I've been reading a few rumors that the Jets have been looking to trade out of that number three pick. I don't. It's pretty high to go from fifteen to three, and I don't think we would do it. But like I know in years past, like with the RG three trade, we did going up with that splash trade. I just don't want to see us trade away the trade away the farm and picks to go up and get a quarterback and have nothing in picks to surround him with talent with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to hinder a quarterback by putting him in a bad situation and by limiting your ability to build a team around him by giving away all those assets, you know, that that's kind of the situation you're putting yourself in. So I agree with that, but um, ultimately we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Uh, we know they're doing their due diligence on quarterbacks. They've hosted a few to visits. I know they're going to host Daniel Jones this coming week, and they already met with uh, Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. So uh, it's going to be interesting. They're definitely studying up. Um, I would prefer, with as would you, that they should stay at 15 and just take the best player available, whether it's Brian Burns or TJ Hawkinson or DK Metcalf or Devin Bush or whatever. There's a lot of options, and uh, it, it's going to be really fun, I think, to see what happens. But we've kind of seen free agency play out, so now it's time to sit back, uh, wait a little bit in the coming weeks, and uh, you know, just keep uh, keep trying to get the full picture. And uh, I think that's a good way to send it off. So 
Thanks, Kyle, for coming on, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll have another podcast up in no time. Peace out. Have a good night.